Hello and welcome to another episode of Fintech Focus TV with me, Toby Babb. Today, I am absolutely delighted to be out in Florida where I understand there's cyclones going on with Jared Broad from Quant Connect. Jared, how are you? Hi, Tony. I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Really, really good. Thanks. And uh, tell me, so, so these cyclones, are you safe? Yeah, keeping dry uh, for the moment. <laughs> Thankfully, it's going to miss my part of Florida, but um, yeah, I hope it's not too bad for, for Tampa. Likewise, likewise. Now, listen, um, I'm really excited to have you have you on here. We've been talking a little bit about the, the, the story and there's a, lot to, there's a lot to talk about. So we're going to get into all of that. We're going to talk through uh, where you're at, where you're heading, what you've done. Uh, but first and foremost, Jared, tell us who you are and, um, and, and what Quant Connect do. My name is Jared Broad. I'm the CEO and founder of Quant Connect. Um, I'm a New Zealander, biomedical engineer. For uh, a while now, we've been building uh, Quant Connect, which is a platform for fonts to design and trade algorithms. They can write these algorithms in Python and pull down on, on terabytes and terabytes of financial data and then trade it through to um, brokerage accounts and exchanges. I love yeah. that. And I, I, I love the fact of what you're doing. I think you call it the sort of uh, open source in, in, in the space. And, and, and what we were talking about when we first uh, first started chatting was this democratization of a space where there's a uh, yeah, there's there's been a sort of David and Goliath story happening in in that hedge fund world for some time, and this 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 creates a tremendous amount of opportunity. Tell us a little bit about why you started this and what the scale of what it can can look like may be. We, yeah. have, have we got have we got the you know the the next great open source revolution right here in front of us? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the vast majority of the investment industry is moving to quantitative trading. Five, 10 years ago, it was like maybe five or 10% of the industry. And now we're up to about 30, 40, 50% of the industry are employing these quantitative techniques to manage capital. And then in order to do that, though, it's extremely challenging. There are so many challenges with just obtaining, cleaning, working with this large, large data sets that people need to work with, um, linking and modeling all of it so that you can um, track securities through time and um, uniquely like really gritty uh, work that, that needs to be done right in order to build a good quant strategy that you can trust and rely that's giving you um, what you would expect. And then on top of that, there's these, this massive just educational barrier too. The, the knowledge of quant trading is relatively closed down because nobody wants to share what they know because you know that reduces their edge in the market. And the same thing with the infrastructure. Nobody wants to share their infrastructure because once you've invested all this work into building it, that becomes your competitive advantage. And so the industry is kind of stuck in the 80s in, in, in sort of technology senses. The rest of the sort of West Coast technology leaps ahead because of sharing and open source and collaboration. But um, the finance industry is, is kind of backwards. Um, so we're taking a very different approach. We, we want to sort of use radical open source in the world of finance and, and see what happens. So I think the, the interesting thing for me about this is, is that the world of finance has traditionally been quite um, conservative. And, and I think you know, probably the pandemic has given this digital advance in the space that we haven't seen before. So you know, I think about you know, cloud technology and how, how far or how you know, late it was as a laggard to, to other industries within finance for obvious reasons, because you know, security and, and, and fear as much as anything else. And then we see, see a lot more talk about interoperability right now than we've ever seen before. And I've seen a lot more cooperation over the last few years in the space than ever, than ever before. 
but within that we see an industry that's traditionally put its buffers up and been very conservative because of regulation and and uh, you know the implications of getting this sort of stuff wrong and, and you know potentially because of the size and scale of competition you've got in the space to you know to not want to you know share um, and to not want to uh, you know lose competitive advantage and when everything is as you know as, as, as tight as it is on latency and the advantages and the, the gains that people get there's traditionally been a little bit of kickback to some of the innovation that we've seen in this in this sector. So right. tell me how you're breaking down that that barrier and and uh, and how you guys move that further forward and, and break down that sort of thing because there's a, there's a there's a whole world of opportunity behind that, right? Yeah, you're touched on so many different points. <laughs> but, <laughs> I ramble. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think the the kernel there though was that the industry is changing for some reason. And I think our hypothesis about that is that the industry is being driven by cost, just like every other industry. Um, in the 80s, it was maybe less competitive and they were, they were able to create edges easier. But these days, the cost of live data is going up, the cost of the, the infrastructure is going up. And in order to remain competitive, they have to meet all these new regulations and everything else you're saying. So it's like that effectively just increases their cost. And then you get all the fee compression from people mm -hmm. saying, hey, you're not even beating the benchmark. Like, you know, you should be, you know, so there's people under fee compression as well. That drives people to get creative. They, they really start to tangibly evaluate, like, is this a competitive advantage for us? Or is this just plumbing? Like, is yeah. this really where our secret source is? And 99% of the time, you can, you can say this just isn't a competitive advantage. And now this is just plumbing and we should just focus and, and outsource this part of the company. So smart funds are looking at the cloud and looking at um, uh, using vendors and, and open source projects like Quant Connect to um, help them remain competitive and really divert the resources towards alpha research and, and getting better returns. It's incredible, isn't it? And, and you know, there's numerous different challenges in the marketplace that you're coming up against uh, you know, all the time, I imagine. And, and yeah, actually, I'll park that for a second and come back to it. The, the, the interesting thing for me here is there are so many different businesses that start up who, where, where it's, it, you know, as you say, it's, an, it's an, a nice to have rather than a need, a need to have. And uh, to me, you know, having spoken over the last couple of years to hundreds of businesses who've been you know, really developing and moving further forward recently is, is they fall very, cate you know, very, very categorically into the category of where it's businesses there that move the needle where it's at, where it's at, where it's something there that, that either um and i say this all the time on the show reduces friction increases efficiency reduces costs or increases productivity and when you look at all of those different things together that can have an explosive impact on a business that engages with that particular company right, right. so tell us tell us a little bit about how you fit into that quadrant and uh and, and why it's a, a business there that really is moving the needle I heard the, a similar statement, but it was um, is either increasing revenue or reducing risk. But yeah, so that makes it that makes it easier, right? <laughs> yes, very, very similar to, to, to your statement. Yeah. So um, there's there's two parts. There's you have a team of say five engineers. How much of their time is being spent on alpha search and alpha generating activities versus plumbing, versus connecting to fix APIs, um, monitoring, logging, really menial, boring stuff that. Um, in our opinion, should be done once, done right, and open sourced. So um, our kind of mantra is that when you when you turn on your computer and you log into Windows and you plug in your mouse, you don't even think about the fact that there's all sorts of technology that connects all of these pieces together and it just works and you get straight to getting productive in Word or whatever you're working on. 
Um, we think the financial systems and technology should just be the same. You should just mm -hmm. plug them in and all of the connectivity and all the data sets, it just works. And it's all open source and you can just pull from, from the open source. So in, in doing that, you're reducing risk massively because mm -hmm. you're not needing to re-implement the same technology with closed sourced implementations, which have bugs. And you don't want to sort of get through to live trading and realize you have a bug in your fixed connection to your brokerage and then lose money. So there's just having the benefit of having 10,000 eyes look at the source code and make sure that your connections and data integrations are all perfect. And then the second part of it is that your people are much more productive. You're able to um, spend all that time on alpha and alpha search rather than writing those connections. So mm -hmm. it's an increase in revenue in a sense to help them find more alpha and, and get better returns. And then for, for the industry, there's kind of um, this, this big shift uh, happening. You've got firms that are starting up that are being faced with these massive barriers to entry with very expensive data, very complex technology um, in order to sort of get routing and rack space and hardware. It's just millions of dollars. It starts to add up. And mm -hmm. so in order to afford a, a few million dollar startup expense, you really need 100 plus, 200 plus million in assets to be mm -hmm. able to afford that startup expense. And so that really basically shifts the market towards uh, the larger institutions. And then we start getting this concentration of wealth in the industry. And so I, I think of us as the ultimate painkiller for this entire new generation of fund startups who have mm. no way to start up without Quantconnect. There's just no way that they can build a fund without us. It's like you, you've heard the painkiller versus vitamin. Yeah, thing. yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Seth Cohen says you're either a painkiller or a vitamin. You exactly, know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's brilliant. And then actually, I was, I was listening to something earlier on on a... Uh, on a on a different podcast, funny enough, where it talks about you know preventative and and uh, reactive in medicine, and it's right. exactly the same sort of thing, isn't it? So so I think Western medicine is designed on on curing stuff after it's happened, and Eastern medicine is about prevention, uh, you know, afterwards and uh, you know getting ahead of getting ahead of the curve. And I think that's probably something again which you're which you're talking about here, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's just that those those larger funds that have the budgets, they can afford to do it and they can have a thousand engineers on staff and just hire and build everything they need. And those smaller ones, we're just the only way they can do it. It's just, you know, they have to embrace open source to, to be yeah. competitive, try and do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So how, uh, how are they doing that at the moment? I mean, is it, you know, you've obviously come on the scene and you're saying that's, yeah, you, you are the way that that happens. How, how are, are companies competing at the moment or are they just not right now? An ashamedly large number of, of quant funds still use Excel. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the sort of quiet joke is that we're competing against Excel a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. So, it's amazing how common that is, isn't it? Right, right. And so um, in doing that, they 90% they of the time make the same mistakes over and over again, because it's yeah. so easy to make certain mistakes when you're using Excel or any similar like uh, bolted together internal platform. Those sins, those mistakes are kind of like the cardinal sins of quant trading. And mm. if you make those cardinal sins, you're going to end up with something that doesn't work in live trading. By, by using a platform like Quantconnect versus Excel or anything else you bolt together, you'll avoid all those cardinal sins. And um, just examples are like uh, selection bias. So uh, in my Excel model, I download Apple data and I start building a model in, with Apple. And then I think that I'm a genius because my Apple strategy has produced 500% returns over the last few years. And 
you know, Apple's gone up 17,000% or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, we build in all of that, those um, avoidance techniques to, to, to really generate a robust quant strategy. In, in Incredible. And so talk to us about how it's gone. So, mm-hmm. so I love growth businesses. I love companies there that are, that, are, that are on the move, that are providing this, you know, identifying these sort of uh, blind spots and providing solutions that really drive people further forward. So talk to me about the, talk to us about the journey. Where, where did you start and where are you at now? We were ahead of the curve. Um, and originally I was, I was running a, a, a small fund for myself. Um, but, but actually before I got to that, I was, I was, I love the markets and I, I just love to trade. And uh, I, I started manually trading and like an engineer, I was like, oh, my manual trading is poor. I, I need to automate this. I need to write a strategy and code this up. And so um, I, I started that, started to build some sort of automation around my ideas and, and started to build testing frameworks to be able to test them. And um, it was just incredibly difficult. And at the time I was living in Chile and I um, I was um, doing humanitarian work. So it was kind of, I had some free time on my hands and um, it, it basically, I, I stopped and was working full-time for about two years to really get a, a robust um, algorithmic training framework going. And um, that really opened my eyes that this is absolutely impossible for any, any engineer that has a day job and a family and kids, like there's no way that you can do this without like a full-time 12 hours a day, seven days a week kind of commitment that you can only really give in your 20s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in your maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah, we 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 started in Chile. We we raised some grant funding from the Chilean government, and myself and a and a kind of early co-founder, we were bootstrapping the company, just trying to raise angel funding for this crazy thing called quant trading, and. Um, people were like you're crazy you're in chile who are you (laughs) (laughs) so we had no choice we just like okay we have to bootstrap this and uh, we basically spent some time building the the technology and just really um converting what i had done for myself and for my own um personal little fund into um the technology that quant uses today and then over time we went won some angel funding traveled to New York and was sort of trying to meet investors and, and raise capital there. And there was one moment where I was, I was sleeping on somebody's sofa and I was like, I, <laughs> I just raised my first $10,000 angel check. Like, should I pay off my credit card, which had about 10,000 in debt on it? Or should I put it all into this uh, equities data that I needed to buy so that I could actually put the equities data into the platform? So I was like, okay, we're all in. Let's buy the equities data. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it was. There's some hairy moments there over the years. We got uh, the the angel investment. We went live trading, um, and and now we've started to grow like live trading and other asset classes, um, and grow the team. Eventually, we we moved to New York, and we 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 sort of founded the company in New York and, and got an office in Brooklyn. Um, and sort of grew the team in Brooklyn and, and just kept on um, making the platform and the technology better and better. Incredible. So it's, so it's been, I love, I love the story. I mean, there's so many different bits to, to, to unpack in that. And I love, I don't think any founder's story is complete unless you're sort of sat there with a uh, check working out whether you're going to pay off your credit card debts or, <laughs> or, 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 or stick or twist. 
I yeah. definitely know there's no there's no founder story which doesn't involve sleeping on a sofa at some stage. So, so you're ticking you're ticking all the right boxes. So you talk about that and you're now uh, moving the business and as you say it moves into this uh, this this sweet spot where you're you're in New York and it's and it's starting to grow and you're starting to do some really cool really cool things. Uh, there's people in the business, there's people in the team. You, you've uh, secured that angel funding. Tell us about where we're at now. What's it look like today? Yeah. So the critical, um, the critical little um, change we made to the company was um, right during the pandemic, we realized that we were restricting people from using Quantbank unintentionally. And so what we did was we, we changed the platform to better support organizations and companies starting up. And um, so that was like dead in the pandemic, April 2020, we, we, we launched the new version of the product. And um, basically, it makes it look like uh, Amazon Web Services, when you spin up a node in Amazon Cloud, and you can spin it up and spin it down or spin up 10 of them if you want, and you can resize and configure your account as you like. So that little insight um, allowed us to, to really um, explode, and we started to better support these funds and these startup organizations building on Quonconnect. Now, we've, we've got about um, 220,000 registered users. And so these are sort of engineers, they, they might work at a technology company, and um, they have day jobs and families. There's, there's about 30% who are full-time quants uh, working in a, in a financial firm, 30% um, engineers, and like 30% traders and, and academics and students and a, a big mix of people. And um, roughly 10% are these startups, these sort of funds building off Quantconnect or um, like a desk in a larger fund so often okay. yeah so often we've got um uh when when larger funds start up a desk they're just like here's 50 million go make money <laughs> <laughs> so the the desk has the where's, where's the catch <laughs> <laughs> you have to make money yeah, yeah. so <laughs> the um the desk has full response uh like uh direction over what they do to to earn the returns so if it's a quant trading desk they'll, they'll often sort of pull on our open source project or pull on our cloud project and just start trading with the um with the te technology we provide because it's the fastest way to market they don't need mm -hmm. to build anything themselves or do a whole bunch of hacking they can just sort of pull everything we've got and, and use it for their fund so yeah it's it's kind of i i think of us as like the biggest quant research platform in the world it's just made up with like an army of quant researchers on, on thousands of different organizations. That must be a cool thing to be to be able to reflect on now. I mean, I know you put your blood, sweat and tears into, into all of this, but what a great feeling to talk about that sort of uh, that sort of number and that sort of claim. Uh, yeah, because that, that's a lot of intelligent people doing some, some pretty powerful things in that space. Right. The, the, the scale is the scale is enormous. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I absolutely love our user base. They are really intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get away with anything. That's like, you have to be yeah. all the time <laughs> and 100% like accurate with everything you say and do. So yeah, it's it's a fun challenge. It's really um, every single day we're pushed to the absolute limits of, of what we what we know and what we need to do. And that's why I love working here. That's why, you know, it's it keeps me going. Well, you can see it just it sort of like pours out your face every time you start talking about it which is a, which is a good thing to, to do i love i love it when people have got a passion for what they're doing so let's let's talk about where this goes next so so you're you're at a stage now where you've done something as exciting as, as we've just been speaking about 
you've spoken about the journey and, and where you've gone from bootstrapping to you know taking some angel investment to, yeah, to, to where you're at now with the business talk to us about what you're looking at i understand you're going through some crowdfunding crowdfunding at the moment tell us what tell us why what you're doing what the opportunity is and actually you know why people should be getting in touch with you to get on board that because it sounds like a, it could be a bit of a rocket ship to uh, to be getting involved in right now right yeah yeah awesome um so we see ourselves as the operating system for quant finance for the sort of next generation we are laying this foundation now of building data set integrations and building brokerage integrations so that if you're a quant fund <clears throat> starting up or a desk at a larger fund or whoever you are it, it's an absolute no-brainer to start up on quant connect or lean our open source project so the the level of ease of use and the, the speed to market that we'll be able to provide will be 10 to 100x better than anything else that comes close when we reach that level it, it becomes this this ecosystem it becomes like a market a, a, a an ecosystem with thousands of people with thousands of funds who were all building up and starting in in connect and in lean and we're starting to see that now with universities are all sort of changing their curriculums to add in the our open source project and teach people how to to write to our api and they're starting to sort of show their students and quant finance masters and that sort of thing how to how to use lean and how to use our engine and we think that will just keep growing as more and more universities and, and students learn lean they're going to bring it into their employers and we're going to see a bunch more employers and, and trading funds using our open source engine and the world will be so much better for it because mm. all of this is just plumbing so all we're doing is doing it and then open sourcing it and then if you want you can go and review the code and make sure it's working okay and copy it for your own fund so Previously, you have thousands of people redoing the same work over and over again. It's, it's an absolute like mind-boggling how inefficient the world is right now in finance. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And none of this doesn't exist in any other industry. It's just ours because we're also yeah. closed in and, and, and secretive about it. So with QuantConnect, our our ambition is to grow this ecosystem and to have more people speaking the language so that we can sell additional services, we can um, distribute on-premise versions of our user interface, and we can help sell them data. So we can sort of distribute data and get data in place to them. So we're working with a lot of alternative data vendors to onboard all of their alternative data to QuantConnect. And so that way, you know, if, if, for example, you're a fund and you want to do some new sentiment analysis, you can just instantly do the sentiment analysis. You don't need to worry about like, downloading the data, parsing it, like linking it with securities. That's like a very painful process that takes months to, to get right. Um, all of that will just be done and open sourced. And so for us, we're like, we're happy to, to connect to the data vendor and the fund and, and, and sell the data to them and um, license them our, our beautiful user interface for the platform. Or, you know, and so that way we can sort of grow the business and, and um, serve the next generation of these quant funds that are starting up. We're quite excited also to serve the larger funds. We've got this on-premise um, version of Quant Connect where they can use our user interface and we invest a lot of effort to make it really beautiful and easy to use. Um, and it kind of works like a quant fund in a box. You can just deploy it on-premise. You can connect remote team members. You can enable collaboration. And so in 2022, 
you know, how these funds work with hybrid and remote working is going to be quite important too, we think. And so this is like all of our cloud technology, which is like remote and hybrid first. You can just put it on premise and allow your teams to work together. You can analyze and track them to make sure they're not overfitting and making sort of quantum mistakes 101. You can have project managers, you know, guiding the team and allocating resources. And yeah, there's lots and lots of opportunity. And um, we think that... Uh, this is going to be an absolute clear winner in the space. So, <laughs> and so, so when you talk about the, the crowdfunding, who's the right people to get involved with you on this? Who are you looking to partner with? Yeah, we're raising up to five million. Um, in in my ideal world, it's it's a mixture of um, the angels, venture, and and our users. I would really love our, our community and the funds that are building off Connect to be a large part owners in the company. Definitely, that makes absolute sense, doesn't it? Right. Have have them like help us set the direction when they, they want certain features built, we can sort of spend the funding that they're giving us to go and build and, and, and build the, the business out. So, yeah. Very, very exciting. And and uh, so when they want to get involved in this and find out more, what's the best way for people who are watching it to to uh, to reach out and, and do that? Yeah, so uh, it's at wefunder, wefunder.com slash connect. And um, you can find all the information on the company, the roadmap, the finances. And um, yeah, I'd really I'd love to hear from people. So if you have any questions, reach out to me. I'm at jared at quantconnect.com. And Jared, I hear it's been going all right so far. Yeah, so far we're up to about 550,000 raised and um, it's still very early days though. So um, that's fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. And, that, and, and that's from that sort of demographic you've been looking to raise from as well, right? Yes, exactly. Currently all from the community. Um, that's brilliant i think there's there's, there's no there's no greater testament to uh you know to something there where, where you've got uh, you know either your uh, your clients or your community that are investing back into it so you're, you're clearly you're clearly making the right sort of strides and uh yeah i think when i when i look at all of the you know the great communities that we've seen grow through tech it's come from the power of the passion that they've had for that particular you know product or products um which they you know which they've been uh, involved involved in and and evangelism is a great thing when you can get it right and it sounds like uh, you know when you when you talk about everything you've spoken about so far you know it's a great way for me to finish my day i love talking to people who are passionate about what they're talking about and i love people who, who are on something there where they fully believe in the scale and scalability of, of what it's doing as you say that when it's it's got that transformational element to what it can do right that becomes pretty exciting as well right yeah no it drives us <laughs> well, <laughs> something something's got to drive us all isn't it and that's a, there's no nothing more noble than the cause so, Jared, uh, listen, it's been fantastic talking to you and having you on the show. I really wish you the very, very best of luck with that. There, I know there'll be people looking at this, who, and, and I have discussions all the time with people who are very passionate about this uh, this area as well. Uh, and it's been a big growth area recently, I think, is, is the, the other side of it. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of uh, innovation that we're suddenly seeing from, a, from what I think has traditionally been quite a, a, a sleepy space, and there's a lot of appetite for it. So I wish you the very, very best of luck with the raise. I've got no doubt that you'll be smashing it um, in, in no time whatsoever. If you're listening and watching the show uh, or listening to the podcast and, and want to hear more, then Jared's given the details out beforehand. Please do get in touch with him. He's doing something brilliant. And uh, that's what we love to hear on this show. Jared, it's been wonderful having you on. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, Toby. Really appreciate the opportunity. Absolute pleasure. And thank you all for watching. We will see you soon on another episode of FinTech Focus TV. Thanks very much. 